0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Eat Me Question. No, i
1: got to start that <laughs> Courtney. Right. Um, I, that's sorry. always, sorry. And every time I edit it, I always see it too. Okay, sorry. Okay, that's fine.
0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Eat, Meat, and Question Everything. Today, we have Courtney and I's good friend, Jen, on from Delighted to Meet You. Finally, Jen, we're so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here with you guys, too. Yes, it's going to be a fun chat, but we're just like going to jump into it. Tell us how you found carnivore, what kind of diet you came from, why you did carnivore, and how you are in the space that you're in right now.
2: Okay, that's a lot, but I'll do my best. (laughs) So basically, in my mid 30s, which is about three years ago, I had. Terrible skin disorders, a couple different things, namely psoriasis, but I'd also had a bout of leukocytoclastic vasculitis and just a bunch of crazy, crazy skin stuff. Um, and nobody could really help me. My dermatologist, my regular doctor, nobody seemed to have any solution. So eventually I went and saw a naturopath. And frankly, he didn't help me that much either, but he did do a bunch of testing and ruled just about everything out, which I guess is good, but he had a nat- or um, he had an, a nutritionist in his office and she told me about the carnivore diet. And of course, at first I was like, what are you talking about? This is crazy. But then I realized, I mean, I've tried a lot of things. I've tried being vegan. I've tried gluten-free, dairy-free. I've tried all kinds of things unrelated to diet. This I have not tried. And so I left her office that day and I went home and Googled and found people like Michaela Peterson and Kelly Hogan and realized this is legit. This is really helping people and like helping them lose weight, helping them to get their autoimmune cysts, their autoimmune conditions under control. And so I wanted to give it a try. And so, um, I dove right in now, long story short on that, I, had a lot of really quick success, but then I hadn't gotten over some old binging patterns and stuff. So I kind of got back into eating badly again. Um, And so then about six months later, I realized, when I was really, really carnivore, I felt so good, better than ever. I definitely want to go back to that. Only now I just need to be a carnivore. I don't want to just do this as an elimination diet or try to figure out what all I can add back in. I want to actually figure out what I can eat, what I can tolerate, and then do that and feel my best. And so um, through all that time, my skin has been completely clear. I've been able to get off my medication, which I had been on a immunosuppressant for my psoriasis for years. And, um, you know, it's just like a whole new world. I no longer binge. I haven't binged in a year. These are really life-changing things that I never, ever thought would be possible. And I can I still can't believe it's possible with diet, but here I am to tell about it now, before the carnivore diet, I was keto for a few years, but um kind of not a very good ketoer. I mean, I would eat eat keto foods and then I would eat tons of keto treats, and then I would binge on non-keto things too, like a bunch of pastries and ice cream and alcohol. Uh, so it was like, I think those keto treats would just keep me in the loop of binging. And so I just couldn't control that. So I did that for years. My weight went up and down and up and down and up and down. I'd lose and gain the same 30 pounds all the time. Um, and before that I had tried so many other diets, but just in general, just as a kid, I always ate kind of standard American, tons of processed foods, terrible food. And I think that has a lot to do with why I ended up with the autoimmune stuff that I did.
1: Yeah. I feel you on the keto treats. That was my, um, that was me too. And it just keeps that vicious cycle going when you're addicted to those carbs and, and sugar or fake sugar or whatever it is. Um, so that's just so wild to me that like the doctor, especially like the naturopath, like he wasn't even questioning your diet, but luckily you said he had a nutritionist there that brought up. Yeah.
2: Yes, that's true. The naturopath was questioning my diet. He, you know, he wanted me to try to eat whole foods and healthy foods, but he definitely wasn't like, this is exactly how you need to eat. And that's fine. I don't blame him for that because all the other doctors didn't even question me about my diet. They couldn't care less. They just wanted to know what other medicine I should go on. But, um, interestingly, the naturopath, when I had been seeing his nutritionist for a few weeks, and then I went to see him And I told him I was doing the carnivore diet because he didn't know, even though she works there for him, he was like, oh, well, yeah, but you won't do this forever. And I was like, huh, okay. Maybe, maybe not, you know? So even he hasn't bought into it as a full carnivore. And frankly, the nutritionist too. I think she just happened to be experimenting with it on herself at that moment. So she told me about it, but I follow her on Instagram and she's not a carnivore herself. She just sees the value in that. And, and especially as an elimination diet. And so I just happened to be in the right place at the right time.
1: Wow. Yeah. Talk about divine timing. Like that's pretty wild. Um, how long did it take you to see your skin to start clearing up like for other people that have these issues, like what hope do they have?
2: Yeah. So people ask me this all the time. And so I've sort of distilled it now into saying it took about six weeks to start to see any improvement because at first it actually got a little worse for a few weeks and then about six months to be clear skin. And then I still was on my medication for gosh, almost a year. And I finally just got off of it um, about five months ago. So I'm very excited about that. But I really felt like I wanted to take my time because it's traumatic going through something like that and being covered head to toe in something very unsightly and very uncomfortable. And so I just didn't want to take it lightly how, when when, and how to get off. And so I wanted to make sure I was like mentally prepared and doing everything I could. And I'm glad I did. I didn't. I didn't want to rush it.
1: Yeah.
0: Why do you think it got worse before it got better? Do you have like any suspicion of why? I think
2: most people's answer to that would probably be like an oxalate dumping or something. I don't know though. Um, it, I, I think anytime I ever change anything, whether it's skincare or diet or medicine or anything, it always affects my psoriasis either for the better or for the worse. Like it's just, my body is just in a constant flux. It seems because of my immune system, I guess. And so it wasn't that unusual to me that it would get worse. Cause I'd been through that before. I'd also been through things where it would get way better just briefly. It's just nothing really lasts forever, you know, and everything I ever tried for my psoriasis before almost every medicine would clear it up for like a couple weeks or maybe a couple months and then it would just come back. So, um, yeah, my
0: body is just weird. I don't know how to answer that any better than that. Well, I guess to me, it sounds like a, like an inflammation, like it's like a shock to the system. Like maybe I don't, I mean, obviously it was inflammation, but like, maybe it was like, just, I don't know, rearing its ugly head, like trying to fight the, the change or whatever. Absolutely.
2: I or- mean, cause all of those toxins that I had eaten were still in my body, right. For a while. And now I'm eating all this nutritious food. The toxins are getting cleaned out, pushed out. That makes sense to me, but that's not a scientific answer very much.
0: But that my my best friend is a doctor, and I when I so I was on like a you know my whole acne. I don't know if you followed that at all. But when I started keto five years ago, I started getting really bad at acne at first, like little like pimples. And my best friend was like, "Yeah, well, you're it makes sense. You're burning fat, and your body stores like your toxins in your." Your fat mm-hmm. cells. Like it only makes sense that it in like on my back and stuff. And then it went away. But like, if you think about it, it's releasing all this stuff. So that, that makes sense to me.
2: Yeah. And retrospect that I do feel that a little because I was losing weight pretty quickly at first when I very first started a carnivore diet. So I was losing fat. And so sure. That's a, that's a reasonable explanation.
1: Yeah. I think it's probably just purging out of your skin. Cause someone actually sent me a message a few days ago and they're like, oh, you mentioned your acne cleared up, like, did it get worse before it got better? And I don't remember that happening. But she says hers is like getting worse right now. And I'm like, oh, gosh, but maybe like the same thing with your psoriasis. It's just like trying to get out and then it will clear up. Who knows? Yeah, I don't think trying to get out is a scientific term. either. Uh, Don't put that on TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so what does your diet look like right now? I'm curious. Cause I know you're probably finishing up your 30 day lion diet. What did it look like before? What are you going to do after? And I heard you mention coffee. So I want to know about coffee too.
2: Sure. So I started the lion diet at the end of December, <laughs> a little bit before the first of the year. And the reason I started it is because after I got off my immunosuppressant, I did start noticing some irritation with some of my food and I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was. Now, people ask me all the time about dairy as a person with psoriasis. And I always said, no, I get away with dairy just fine. But as soon as I went off my immunosuppressant, I would say that's no longer true. So, um, end of December, I decided to do the lion diet for 30 days and eat just beef, lamb, salt, and water. And then I'm slowly adding things back one at a time to make sure I truly am not sensitive to things like dairy, to pork, to chicken, anything like that. And the thing I missed the most during my 30 days, cause I, I just finished those up a few days ago. The thing I missed the most was coffee. So I added it back four days ago and the first day was so lovely. And it was just decaf. Even it was wonderful though. I love the taste. I love the experience. It was so good. And then the second day. I started itching a bunch. Like I already have found myself a little itching on this interview right now. I can, I will catch myself itching my chest. And so I, I decided to go for a third day. I'm going to try it one more time for a third day and just a lot of itchy skin. And then this sounds a little bit crazy, but when I first had the vasculitis, the way it presented was before I would have the spots, I would have what felt like a bug biting me with electric teeth. That's the best way I can describe it. So I'd have these electric bites and then I would have this increased rash rash from vasculitis. Then when my psoriasis got super, super bad, six months later, it was kind of a similar feeling. Like I would feel these electric bites throughout my body And then my psoriasis would be worse. And I know, judge me if you want, but I'm telling you, that's what I experienced. (laughs) And so I've had a little bit of that, like electric biting feeling with adding back in coffee. And I was having it a little bit before, which is why I decided to do the lion diet in the first place. Cause I do not want my skin to get bad again. And so, um, it's clear to me that coffee is out. I'm assuming it's some chemical in the coffee and maybe organic coffee would be fine, but what I really want to be able to do is go to a coffee shop and sit there for a few hours while I work on my computer. And I'm not going to be able to just have easy access to organic coffee. So I, I, to me, I just need to cut it out and figure out a different solution. Um, and so now I'll take a couple of days off, let my skin get settled back down. It's way better though. I am still experiencing a little itching and then I'll add my next thing back, which I think is going to be chicken. Um, I'll try that for a week and, you know, just take it one step at a time and try not to get too bummed out when things don't work out because I want to be able to have all these things. But what I want more is to be really eating what my body wants and not have health issues. So I'm just trying to kind of keep that in perspective.
1: Yeah. Okay. I got three things though. Okay. So coffee, that's been the only thing you've added back
2: so far. Yes. So
1: far. Okay. Interesting. I wonder now, obviously nothing wrong with cutting out coffee. I think that's probably not a bad idea. But I wonder, because you said decaf, I know like a lot of the companies uh, to make it decaf use like a bleaching process. I wonder if you had like one of those. Like I know Pete's coffee doesn't, they do like a water press sort of thing. So I wonder if it's like a process of decaf or actually like plants. And then I'm learning more that a lot of coffees can have molds, and that there's certain coffee companies that like test for mold before they send it out. So I wonder if that would have anything to do with it?
2: Interesting points. And I mean, I feel like you're giving me permission to try again with regular <laughs> coffee at least. Um, As far as the mold and the, you know, certain brands, I just, I don't think that's going to be really reasonable for me anyway, because I could order, you know, fancy specialty coffee and just drink it at my house, but that's not really what I want. Anyway, if I'm just drinking it at home, I don't even have to have it. It's more like the social aspect of being able to go out and drink it, but maybe after I add a few things back, then I'll try regular coffee again and just see how that goes.
1: Yeah, worth a shot. And then the last thing, so this is me just like thinking out loud. Um. So if you give something up for 30 days or more, like now you're going to add in chicken next. Do you think we can cause ourselves to have a reaction by not having something for so long? Like if someone was a vegan and then they add in meat, well, we're all loving meat. But if they add in meat, I wonder if that would... Like upset their stomach or whatever at first. Like, do you think there's any like I don't know? Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, and I, I think you're right. I think it can definitely cause issues with digestion or just how you're feeling um, because your body's not used to it anymore, and it's going to be hypersensitive to it for a little while. But with the very specific symptoms of my skin, I just. I feel like it's my body for sure saying, Nope, we do not like this. And so I'm trying to just take that really seriously, but if it was just indigestion or bloating, or, I mean, we don't usually get those things on a carnivore diet, but if I had that temporarily, I don't think I would be too concerned about that.
1: Yeah. I definitely think if you're having your bug zap feelings then that might not be good, but I just wonder for other people that are adding things back in, I wonder if they're like, oh, well, that made me not feel good. So I have a reaction. So now I can't have chicken. Like, I wonder if people kind of come to that conclusion too quickly when maybe it could have, I don't know. Eased, I, I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. So
0: yeah.
1: uh, my best friend has talked about this.
0: I'm going to re- refer to him a bunch because he's a very like into nutrition doctor. And he has said that you will never give yourself a food allergy or like a sensitivity to food, the only thing that he believes is that if you, so if you cut out gluten first 30 days and then you introduce it and you feel like crap, you probably felt like crap before you just didn't have like the good to compare it to. Do you know what I mean? Like that's what he's like, but if you, you don't like, unless there's like those extreme circumstances of like getting sick or something and developing an allergy Um, to certain foods, but he just said that we're so used to being like chronically inflamed and like sick feeling that we don't notice it until we cut it out and then reintroduce it. And we're like, holy smokes, like this really doesn't make me feel good.
2: Yeah. But I will say with my experience with going from sort of regular carnivore to high fat carnivore to lower fat carnivore to the lion sort of Um, switching back and forth a little bit, there always is an adjustment period, especially in relationship to digestion and like constipation versus diarrhea, you know, just like the, the consistency of bowel movements. Um, And so that I think is normal, but having true allergy symptoms, like I remember in the past years ago, giving up dairy for a while and then adding it back in and having like lip and tongue numbness, like duh, that's an allergy symptom. But it's like, if you just keep doing it,
0: you don't have that anymore, but probably (laughs) I should have listened to that allergy type symptom and taken that seriously. Right. I think like the bowel movement thing is totally normal too. Like, of course, if you go from eating like a high fiber diet to not eating fiber and then eating a bunch of fat, like it's going to totally change. I think like, it's like, and even when people switch to carnivore or keto, they complain about like the fatigue and the headache. I think it's like, if those mm-hmm. symptoms are lasting you like weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, like, it's like, it might be like some food that you're eating. Um, but yeah, like the normal, the bowel movement change, like, yeah, if you're switching to a high fat diet, you're probably going to have to Yeah. Uh,
1: and speaking of fat, um, do you want to talk about your old fat journey <laughs> lately and your diet changes with that?
2: Sure. So I've been carnivore for almost exactly a year now, like 100% carnivore, not counting the time where I started and failed. Um, And so during the first seven months or so of that, I was just sort of regular carnivore, just ate whatever animal products, including dairy and eggs and didn't count macros or do any kind of fat ratios or anything like that. And then about four months ago, I started doing high fat carnivore for two reasons. One, it was all the rage and everyone was saying it was helping people lose weight. And two, I... Understood that it can help regulate your immune system. And that's when I was kind of starting to wean off my medication. So for both of those reasons, I I really wanted to try it. And I loved it. It was great. I love fat trimmings and I love fatty meat. So it was great and I felt wonderful. But throughout that whole time on both versions of carnivore, I did not really lose much weight at all, a few pounds. Now my weight wasn't going up and down either, which is a wonderful break from my past with binging, but I wouldn't. I would like to lose a few pounds. Like 20 ish. Um, and so just a couple weeks ago, I transitioned to a lower fat, low calorie diet. Um, this is really promoted by Maria Emmerich. She says that once you're fat adapted, if you decrease your fat intake and you decrease your calories, your body is going to burn the body fat stored on your body. So I decided okay, I'm going to give this theory a try. And I've been doing it for two weeks, and the first week was really good. I lost like six pounds in a week. I felt really good. I was eating like thirteen hundred calories a day, which I know is barely anything. But you know, going with this theory that she suggests, and my workouts were pretty good. But after the first week, I started to really notice a. Pretty big downtick in energy. My um, workouts were not very good. I was very hungry. So midway through the second week, I let myself do a refeed day where I just ate three big meals. You know, ended up being close to three thousand calories for that day. And I don't, a lot more fat than I was supposed to eat. And I finished out the week doing all the low fat, low calories that I was supposed to do. And now I'm just a couple of days into the third week. And I just realized doing that with the super low calorie and the super low fat is just not gonna be sustainable for me. I thought I could do it for like six weeks and reach my goal and be done but it's even for six weeks, it's not sustainable. So I've increased everything just based on what I think is best. So I'm still eating less fat and less calories than I typically would, but it's more like around 2000 calories and like 130 grams of fat, something like that. That's a little bit more reasonable. And this is definitely going to slow down my weight loss. I'm certain of that, but I'm, I think I'm going to feel a whole lot better. And, uh, you know, it's just, you got to listen to your body and I'm trying to not create a problem like where I would want to go back to binging or something like that. It's just definitely not worth the risk.
1: Yeah. I think that sounds good. I think you're kind of now meeting in the middle, whereas before if you were having 3000 calories and then too low. So I think that's a great idea. And I don't, I mean, I will be curious to see what happens, but I wouldn't as- assume that it would slow down your weight loss. Um, cause I feel like that's, um, typical like I don't know what your goal weight is but like when I first started carnivore like my goal weight's 130 and they say to pretty much have like your goal weight in grams of fat and grams of protein so for me that would be um, 130 grams of fat and 130 grams of protein I think you're tall so maybe a little different there but I would still have high hopes I think that sounds good yeah,
2: I mean, I, I'm definitely not going to be losing six pounds a week, but <laughs> I, that's not very healthy or sustainable anyway. But if I can lose two pounds a week, I'll still be at my goal, and you know, by the summertime, because I, I'm about five eight, and so and my I don't know, I'm like pretty muscular and big, so my goal weight is probably one fifty five ish, one sixty even maybe, Um, and so yeah, I think that that's a decent amount of calories for um, so for reaching that goal anyway.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, mean 2,000 calories 2, is a lot it, for most people, like 2,000 calories seems like, like I struggle to get 2,100 calories in on my days where I need to eat 2,100
2: calories. Oh, not me. Girl. I can eat um, easily.
0: Oh my gosh. No. And I wish, I wish I were that way. But like, I'm telling you like the, some of the, the days I need to eat 2,100 calories, I am forced feeding my myself a ribeye because I have to eat like four or 500 more calories. I'm like, I have to finish this ribeye.
2: That's so interesting to me. Your kids must just be distracting you because it's Uh, so easy for me. I mean, especially things like beef jerky, which I like to make it with brisket. So it's really fatty. I can eat three or four pounds of that in a day. And now I don't let myself, but I certainly can. And so the biggest thing for me I'm learning is I just need to cut out the snacking. If I just cut out snacking, then it's not so hard to stay in a normal calorie range. But if I allow myself to just have a handful of beef jerky here and Whatever, like some fat trimmings there. I mean, those fat calories add up fast.
1: Are you actually hungry when you're snacking or are you just wanting to eat?
2: No, <laughs> I'm just bored or wanting to eat or whatever. Um, And so that's been a big challenge for me too. Like really recognizing when I'm hungry, I feel it now, now that I've decreased my calories and my fat so much, I'm feeling this hunger. So now I'm trying to honor that more and then not eat when I'm not hungry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to find that balance. But I find like because you're not having dairy right now, that it's a little bit easier to like listen to those hunger cues. And for me, it's easy to like go grab a piece of cheese because it tastes good and it's different and it's different than meat. But Um, If I could just throw in a few tips for anyone listening, at least like when I feel, I typically don't feel like snacking, but sometimes, you know, your mouth is kind of like bored or your mouth wants to taste something. So even just like having a bite of butter and moving on or a little bit of like salt on your tongue and a glass of water, like sometimes maybe it's just dehydration and electrolytes um, or even just trying to like distract yourself, like just do something to like forget about the food or maybe have your snack stuff that you like, like on your plate with, uh, um, when you eat your meal, like have your beef jerky then. So you're getting what you are wanting to snack on. I don't know. Just if you a few. That's a great
2: idea because I love it so much. So if I make it and I just give myself two or three pieces with my food, with my actual meal, then maybe I could still have it in my life.
1: Yeah. You still get your fix.
0: <laughs> One thing <laughs> that I'm is like, since I cut out cheese, I, I have a little bit of organic half and half in my coffee. And that's the only dairy I have. But I will say since I cut out cheese, like especially bread cheese, I feel like my hunger cues are so much more in tune. Like just, I can tell because that bread cheese, it's the texture, like it's satiating and it's almost comforting. Um, Like you get that grilled cheese texture, the comfort Um, and since I've cut it out, like I can really tell like, oh, wow, I'm really full now. Like, whereas with the bread cheese, I'd be like, I want to save the bread cheese for my last bite because it's so like pleasurable to eat. (laughs) And so like, it just is so like comforting. And now that I don't eat it, I'm like, okay, I'm definitely full. Like I cannot eat anymore right now. Not, oh, this tastes good. I want to keep eating it.
2: Yeah, the bread cheese is so good, but it's kind of like the French fries. Like you can just, there's a bottomless pit for things like that. You can eat as much of it as you can get your hands on. And so it's a little dangerous for me too. And just cheese in general, I mean, it's pretty addictive to me. So I don't think I can tolerate it because of my skin, but I'm really better off anyway because of my overeating and binge eating history.
1: Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too. I was noticing the last few days when I brought dairy back in, like, I could have easily binged on like a whole quart of cream. So I'm realizing that's not um, for me either. Are you gonna toy around with adding it back in or did you already realize before it wasn't good for your skin?
2: If I add it back in, it's gonna be a long time because it's very, very clear to me that it's a problem specifically for my skin, but also for the overeating stuff. Um, and so honestly, I'll just be really happy if I can add in eggs and bacon and chicken and other kinds of pork fish. I mean, if I can have a well-rounded diet like that, I'll be pretty pleased. And I'll, eventually I'll get over the not being able to have coffee. So if anyone has suggestions for what to do differently that doesn't also involve dairy, then I'm opening my ears are open to that,
1: yeah. I hope you tolerate the other animals because just watching you, and Serena and Jess do your lion diet. I'm like, Ugh, I, could, I couldn't even do BBPE. For I. That's day 17, I had to add in other animals. Like it was just, it's tough. Like that must've been <laughs> really hard. And I think as long as I like, can tolerate it, having all the other animals is great. It's like, I think Judy Cho says like, eat the rainbow of animals. So how brutal was that for you or not? It
2: really wasn't bad for me. I know that Serena and Jess both complained a lot of, of palate fatigue, but they were also both only eating beef. So I was eating lamb as well. And I learned so many different ways to make lamb. I had at least five different ways of making lamb. And then I would do lots of different ways of making my beef as well. So I really have been fine. And if if the answer is I have to do exactly this forever, I think I can do it and I'll be fine but I do miss other consistencies. I miss eggs. I miss bacon, those especially. And I do, I agree with Judy. I mean, there are a little bit of nutrients in those things that are higher than in beef. And so I think getting a variety is, is healthy and helpful. So I want to be able to do that. And also it's, it's really hard socially to not be able to do coffee eggs and bacon, because you can pretty much go out to any diner, any restaurant and get either beef or eggs or coffee. So, you know, I, I don't want to limit myself in that way any more than I have to.
1: Yeah, no, that's good. That resonates
0: with me a lot, Jen, though, the socialization, because I've been asked a lot. I, I cut out coffee for two or three months at the beginning of last year in 2022. So I know I can give it up. I've done it. It's it, it was totally doable. Um, I also didn't have coffee when I was nursing my, my kids either. Like I just didn't want to mess with my kids having it, um, in their milk. But, um, a lot of people are like, well, why don't you give it up again? And I'm like, my one of my husband and I's favorite thing to do is just go to new coffee shops and sit down together and like converse and just have coffee. And of course we came from DC. So there were coffee shops everywhere. And I was like, you know what? That's like one of our favorite things in the entire world to do. Could I give it up at home? Yes. If I wanted to, but like not being able to go out with him and do that social, like it's already hard figuring out. It's not difficult it can be difficult to be on a carnivore diet and socialize like you you do have to kind of plan your meals accordingly i'm like i want to be able to go sit down with my husband and have a cup of coffee in the city you know so i think that that is like something a lot of people struggle with and i'm like it's it, if you don't want to give it up you don't have to if you enjoy it and it's not messing you up but i understand like the whole social aspect of that too
2: yeah i mean i want to be a healthy carnivore but not a like a reclusive carnivore
0: (laughs) yeah 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 exactly um do you wanna are you comfortable talking about like binge eating um and your your history with that as well sure when like because courtney's been open about like this too um when did you like realize looking back like oh i kind of had some binge eating tendencies and when did you realize like, okay, this is a problem. I need to address it.
2: Looking back now, I can recognize that it started when I was about 15. And that's when I was like, oh, I need to get skinnier and look like Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera or, you know, whoever was popular back then in the nineties. Um, and I was a healthy weight and I was very active, but I need, I felt like I needed to lose weight. So I would super restrict my intake. And then obviously it was not sustainable. And then I would just start binging. I didn't know what binging was back then. I just would eat all the junk food and that's all that was at my house. So there was plenty of junk food to eat and I would just eat candy and just all the crap. But when I first realized it was a problem and that I was actually binge eating was probably four or five years later when I was in college and I would go to ice cream stores secretly And I would order multiple things for myself, multiple ice cream things. And I remember thinking, why am I doing this as a secret? And why am I ordering multiple things? This is not normal. And so then there started being this guilt and shame with it too, which probably just made it worse, frankly. But from then on, I knew I was a binge eater and I had been one until a year and a half ago when I, when I started having success with the carnivore diet to the point that I mean, I would like, I would hide in the bathroom at work to eat six donuts because somebody brought donuts in. And once I had a taste, I could not stop. So I would, I I work as a physical therapist. I would not go see my patients. I would sneak in the bathroom, shove donuts in my mouth and find every excuse I could to come back there throughout the day and keep eating like that. And then the day was ruined. So I needed to eat everything that I wanted. So the next day I could start again. If you're a binge eater, you know how that goes. And so then I'd leave work and I would stop at fast food and I'd stop at a grocery store and I would just get 30 or $40 worth of junk food. And I would come home and just stuff my face with it and be so sick. I couldn't even like bend over to take off my shoes because my stomach was so full and sick. And then I would go to bed with just a racing heart, get terrible sleep, and feel like I was going to start over again the next day. And then half the time the next day was just the same as that binge day.
1: Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> that was me too. And it's so crazy to think like, I don't think either of us like went into carnivore thinking that that was going to like go away or heal itself or whatever. Like, I'm assuming you did this for your skin and I did this for like other reasons. And now it's like, holy shit, like I haven't done that in a year or almost a year. Like it's pretty wild. Um, just how that like changes.
2: I completely agree. I had no idea that this would have anything to do with my binge eating. And I had tried so many things before, mostly different diets, but also reading different books and taking online courses that I paid a lot of money for seeing a counselor. I mean, all of those things and none of it helped. And then it was like a surprise when I realized, Oh my gosh, I haven't binged in a month. Oh, now it's two months. Now it's three. Now it's been a year. I mean, that is completely crazy to me, but I mean, it's like, now we're full of the nutrients that we needed all along. And for many other reasons, we're not having like insulin and glucose spikes and all the dopamine hits and our gut microbiota microbiota is different now. And so for all of those reasons, like it's just, now I can just have a rational mind when it comes to dealing with an urge before my body was working against me big time and my mind wasn't rational. So there was nothing I could do about it.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's mental thing too. And it's like, I'm not going to say I never like have any desire because once in a while it's like, Oh, that would be nice. But it just like, it passes right by. Whereas before it's like, if like, if a plate of donuts were here right now, like it would be fine. I wouldn't be like, freaking out about it but like you know before it's like oh my gosh do I have one do I not do I try to make it in my macros or you eat them all and you binge so it's like I think it's also a mix like you said of getting all the nutrients and then like just abstaining and then you it's not like another thought it's not like you know the men I like to say the mental gymnastics I would go through every day over food like I I just, that's what I love the most is like that food freedom I have, even though that doesn't make sense because we're not eating at all, but that's what it is for me.
2: I completely agree. And I hear what you're saying. It's, it's this food freedom. It's like constraint brings freedom and people only see the constraint, people that are not carnivores and don't understand, but it's like before our life was constrained Now, maybe our food is, but our life isn't. And it's a such, it's worth the trade. Absolutely. In fact, I would say, I think the fact that I'm no longer binge eating is more positively impactful on my life than the fact that my skin is clear. Now, both are great and I want both, but if I had to choose one or the other, if I had, if I knew the carnivore diet could do one or the other, I probably would have chosen the binge eating, honestly.
1: Yeah, I get that too, because it's, it's such a mindfuck and a whole mental thing that is just like constantly obsessing, uh, uh, like your thoughts are obsessing over it all day. So yeah. I,
0: <laughs> I do not come from a place of binge eating. So I I don't want to act like I do, but I see it in other people. Um, I had a family member who just the other day came from the store and was like, oh my God, look at these keto treats. I'm going to go keto, but I need stuff to curb my sweet cravings. And I was like, you know, that that's just going to make you crave that too, because it's going to taste sweet. Like you're still going to have, like, it's not going to curb it. It's going to like satisfy it. And then you're going to want that again. I said, you know, that you can get rid of like sweet cravings by not having anything sweet. Oh, well, I just couldn't live my life like that. And, and of course, like I always, like I was keto for four and a half, five years. I did the keto treats. It's a total, like, I wasn't binging on keto treats, but I like remember the mental, like, oh, well, I want something sweet, you know? And so I don't think that people understand, like, you just cut it out and you stop like thinking about it. Like you don't. I remember when I started carnivore the sweet cravings were really intense and then I remember the first day after dinner that I didn't want a sweet treat and I woke up the next morning and I was like I didn't even think about wanting a sweet before bed like I didn't even think about it and that was a game changer to not even think about it after dinner you know what I mean
2: absolutely and i think i mean you're definitely right about the keto treats that's not helping anybody but i think you can do that a little bit with carnivore stuff too with um like the brown butter bites and carnivore ice cream and things that look like waffles or cupcakes i mean they're not sweetened i mean if you if you don't make them sweetened they're not sweetened but it's still replacing something that mentally you are wanting as a treat and so for many people that's fine but I think for many people like me in the beginning, it just made it harder because I was relying, I was using them as a crutch.
1: Yeah, right. And, and I get that. And, and I feel like now I can like I have the brown butter things once in a while just for like a different flavor. But I'm not going to like eat the whole bag of frozen, which I did the first time I made them. I ate the whole block. And <laughs> now I can kind of like, I'm fine just having some. So yeah, that can definitely be a slippery slope for some people. But that's like what not to like rag on the keto community. But that's like one thing that I'm so confused by. Because when I was keto, carnivore wasn't in my face, I didn't know about it. it was completely mm-hmm. out of the loop. I have these keto people that follow me. So they're aware of carnivore that they're aware how we're not having anything sweet, and we're okay with it. And I'm confused why, why they're still doing what they're doing. That sounds like such like a judgy place, but I'm just, I'm curious, like besides the whole vegetable thing, but it's like, why are you still having these treats to curb your sweet tooth? Wouldn't you rather not battle that and then be binging that? I don't know. Like I'm, I'm a little confused by all that right now.
2: Yeah. I mean, I guess if they're really struggling with binging, then I, definitely see your point but if they're perfectly happy and healthy and they just like those sweet treats, then I think that's fine um but it, that just wasn't me but I'm sure some people can do that in moderation and they're fine
1: yeah I'm sure someone can have a you know a keto cookie and go about their day but I see some people that are it doesn't seem like that's happening and I'm like oh just give part a shot like <laughs> <and> fix that
2: <laughs> yeah I've learned so much over the last year that nobody is going to get fixed unless they're ready to, you know, and, and people reach out to me all the time. They have a loved one who has psoriasis or vasculitis like mine. And they're like, how can I get them to do this diet? I'm like, you can't just, I mean, you can show them this post. You can direct them to me. That's fine. Show them the proof, but like, they're not going to do it until they're ready. And if they tried and they're not ready, it's maybe going to make things worse because I had a pretty bad experience too. And technically I, you know, I'm the one who decided to do it and I, I wasn't ready. Um, so it's like, you know, you can plant the seed, but you can't make it grow kind of thing. So it's just, it's hard though, when you love somebody or, or maybe you don't love them, maybe it's your coworker and you could hardly care less, but you still want to help them and they don't want to help themselves. They just have to get there. It's, it's tough.
1: Yeah, but that's right about planting the seed and it never, like, be pushy. just, I think that's why we just continue to show up and share what we're doing and they're aware, they see it, you know, just like leave the little breadcrumbs and maybe one day they'll get there.
2: Yeah, maybe one day they'll hear from their nutritionist about the diet and they'll go home and Google it and the things that we've been putting out there for so long or what they'll find and that will encourage them. I mean, that's how we can help.
1: Yeah, I agree. Devin, anything I- before we wrap up? No, I think this is a good
0: segue. Um, we have three questions that we ask everyone, but before they're fun questions, non-carnivore related, but before we do the three questions, can you just tell everyone um what you're up to, where they can find you, um, what platforms you're on? Um, I know that you've kind of made that de- you've started dedicating a ton of time to this. So what new and exciting things are happening if you have any? Um yes. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I have a few things. Thank you. So I'm most active on Instagram. My name is Delighted to Meet You, M-E-A-T. I also have a YouTube channel and I've been putting longer form videos on there. Same name. Delighted to meet you. And um right now, in a couple of weeks, actually, I'm I'm gonna be working with six or seven other coaches that are not all carnivore. Some are like ancestral or keto or just holistic. Um, but many of them are carnivore. And so we're working together in a group to coach people. And we're actually taking applications right now for 50 people for free to work with us for six weeks to see kind of how we can help you achieve your goals as far as your weight, your health, your happiness, all of that. So if that interests you, the best way to to get and set up for that would be to DM me on Instagram. Awesome.
1: Yeah. And that's with Jess and Serena, right? The Carnivore Revolution. Yes. Yes. You got it. Awesome. Okay. Devin, you want to ask the questions? So three questions. Number one, what is your favorite
0: curse word?
2: I am such a goody two shoes, you guys.
0: Sometimes I
2: say shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, All right. That's good. Most people say the F word. So you're original with that.
2: Um, oh my gosh, t- I said that maybe ten times in my life, and the oh, one whenever I say it, it's to make somebody laugh and just shock them, and it always does.
0: I say it ten times an hour, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, number two. What was your favorite food to eat before you went carnivore?
2: Oh man, probably hot fudge sundays or popcorn. One of
0: those. Okay. Okay. And then number three, what are you currently reading or watching?
2: Ooh, you know, I'm, I'm watching every day in every spare moment. Um, new girl, I've seen it a million times, but I just can't get enough. I just keep rewatching it. And I'm currently reading a few books. Let me think. Oh, I just started this new book. I forgot what it's called, but it's about like attracting your man, right? Like letting go and attracting your man and finding your husband. I wish I could think of the name, I can't.
1: Okay, oh yeah, we're also (laughs) accepting dating applications for Jen, if you know of anybody. I have some
2: really
0: cute single friends.
1: Ooh, girls, send them my way. Uh, Although it would be nice if they were local
2: and I'm in Kansas, but I I remember the book. The book is called The Surrendered Single.
1: Okay, who's it by? Laura something yes um fuck I I think does she she has other like relationship books right
2: yes she does
1: oh I've read there's um how oh I'm trying to think of the other one that I read I'm the worst I'm trying not to say the f word um oh things can get as good as you want when you realize it's better to receive than give does that sound familiar
2: I have never read that that is quite a title.
1: I swear it's her, but she, and there's another one, like the empowered wife. Does that sound yes, familiar? Yes, that's her. That's okay. Her. She's fabulous. So I'm happy for you. That's good. Cause I love those other two that she has. But it, oh, it's going to work. Is it like essentially using like the secret and manifesting and shit?
2: Well, I'm just starting. So I'm not sure. Basically so far, it's like, don't be such a judgmental bitch, <laughs> which I can be that sometimes. So I'm, I'm taking it in and I'm hearing it. It was actually one of my Instagram followers that suggested it. And so we'll see what comes of it. Probably I'm going to meet my husband like in the next few weeks because
0: of the I book. I feel it. I feel it coming. This is the year. And if it doesn't happen in the next couple of weeks, it's going to happen at KetoCon. Oh, I
2: would love that. Yeah, we're all going to KetoCon. So that that's yeah. really cool.
1: Okay. I had to look it up because it was bugging me. Laura Doyle. Laura is Doyle. that it? Okay. Yep, that's it. Oh, yes. And KetoCon. yay! I'm excited. That will be really fun. I'll be there together.
2: And I've never met either of you in real life. Have you guys met in real life? Nope. No. (laughs) So it's so fun. It's like we make such close friends with people and they're not, they're just virtual friends, but they feel like real friends. And then we're actually going to meet. It's just going to be crazy.
0: I know. So wild. No, I can't wait. I'm super excited. It's going to be the highlight of my year.
1: Yeah, well, while we're talking about it, let me just plug my discount code for you guys. <laughs> if anyone wants to go to KetoCon and you're listening, you can use the code LUNA50 and get 50 bucks off your ticket. So use that. The prices are going up again. Save some money. All right. Is that it? That's it. Thank you so much, Jen, for joining us today. Yes, thank you so much. It was so nice to have you. I'm excited for everyone to hear. Of course. Thanks for having me. I'd be happy to come back anytime. Absolutely. All right. See you guys next time.